Hello and welcome to the TES News Podcast Review. I am Eleanor Busby and today I'm joined by William Stewart. Hello, Hello. Will. Hi. And I'm joined by Martin George. Hello, Martin. Hello. And I'm joined by Helen Amass. Hello, Helen. Hello. So we've got a packed issue this week of exclusives and a special EdTech supplement ahead of bets. So uh, do you want to start us off, Will, with the news section? Yeah, it's, uh, I, as you say, it's a great news section this week. Um, lots of big stories. I mean, I, I think starting at the front, we've got a, we've got a big funding story that um, Helen Ward's written, which is about um, the government's new funding formula. And one, one of the main things that was promised on this was that was by ministers that small rural schools would would be protected Mm -hmm. and Helen's crunched the numbers and found out that though some of them might be getting more money there's a significant number of these small rural schools more than 1,000 they're actually going to lose out so quite a big political thing I imagine that's going to create a bit of controversy in in the shires yeah it's going to be a bit of a problem with some of the backbench MPs as well I imagine some of the Tories I'd imagine yeah yeah Yeah. okay um Moving on, we've got an, another particularly big story is about grammar schools. Again, another big political issue. Um, Will Hazel um, has done an interview with the new head of England's biggest academy chain, AET. And in it, Julian Drinkle, who used to run a private school chain, has revealed that he's got, um, well, I was going to say an open mind, but more than an open mind about, about grammar schools and whether he could... could should convert his own academies to it um, he's saying it's something he's going to consider he's going to look at each school according to their market and, and see whether selection is appropriate mm-hmm. which is I mean you know it's not a complete commitment to it but it's much further than any other academy chain boss has gone so um, yeah he's put his head above the parapet I mean it's the way things are going politically but we'll yeah. see what his teachers and everybody else thinks about that. And are any other um, kind of academy CEOs, trust CEOs, saying similar? I think the closest we've come to it is Dan Moynihan from the Harris from the Harris Federation, who said something along the lines of, "If you know, if it did go through, then maybe it, it's something they might consider." But it was, it, it was. I'd say it's a, his position was fairly kind of reluctant. Whereas Julian Drinkles, by contrast, seems to be. If not enthusiastic, certainly a lot more positive. Mm. So, yeah, um, a bit of a pioneer in that respect. How do you think that will go down with the profession, the fact that they're looking to introduce selection? I would imagine it, it might go down very badly. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I think you'll get some fairly vocal supporters, but, um, mm. yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see if he follows through with it. I, I, think, I think, you know, the way the grammar school proposals have gone down generally, it might not be the most popular idea amongst the sector. I think for ministers though this will be a real boost won't it because they've struggled to get support from the profession so to have someone who's high profile coming in fresh to the biggest academy trust saying actually I'm open to this I'm looking at it I could see that article being cited in parliament by Justin Greening you know Mm. in the weeks ahead possibly. No Mm. quite so it needs needs credibility it was the same when the um, Nosley stuff came out wasn't it when they were the uh, think tank proposed proposed opening a grammar school there and, they, and that was leapt on. They, they jumped on it didn't they? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Moving on to some of the other stories in the news section this week. Well lots of highlights but obviously a couple have been written by you Ellie. Yes. You've got the um, the more 
more examiners needed to keep the, to keep the exam system running? Yep, so we got an exclusive ahead of a launch of a report on Monday. Uh, so a working group have come together of head teacher associations and exam boards um, and they're looking at how many markers they'll need and how many teachers will need to be examiners. Um, they think that about 7,000 more they're going to need on top of already kind of 36 or 1,000 I think it was, um, 34,000 I think. Um, so yeah, they they need loads to get on board, um, and yet so many teachers feel like they don't have the time to do it. So we'll see how well it goes. But the main reason is because of the reforms to the GCSEs and A levels. Uh, so they're saying that because of the nature, there's kind of longer exams, more written content. They need more examiners, and they need more kind of experts. Uh, so this is kind of a call to arms to teachers to get involved in the exam system. But I think you, you and you've written that the report itself says that it's not. It's not the most attractive role. Some some teachers are put off by some elements of it. Yeah. So that yeah, one of the things is workload. Well, the main thing is workload. The fact that it is an extra thing, and they've got tight deadlines. So they've only got a couple of, not sure exactly the time frame, but not long before they have to give it back so that the exam results are in in August. So it's quite tight tight time frames, and uh, yeah, they already feel like they're. After I guess once they've already prepared their te- their students for exams, they're probably not going to want to then again. Um, add more workload Um, but also the kind of pay system they feel like it's not necessarily very professional being paid kind of per item per question per exam paper piece work yeah like like fruit picking yeah Yeah. they say that that doesn't really give a professional image but the general feeling from the report is that there needs to be more CPD in schools to say that examining well no say that examining is a crucial part of CPD Um, but it's all kind of we encourage schools to do that, so it'll be interesting to see whether schools actually do. Um, so, sure. yeah. And Progress 8, yes. the, the um, catchphrase on so many head teachers. Yes, this, so, this week, yep, yesterday everyone got their um, league, tab- league table ranking. Um, and Progress 8 is the first time this year that people are being measured on Progress 8 rather than 5A star to C. And the story we've got this week is an exclusive um, looking at how Progress 8 can affect, how, how your score can change depending on just a few pupils in the year group. So these are mainly pupils that have not taken any GCSE exams or maybe one um, and they can have a significantly negative effect on the score. Um, so heads are warning that that might mean people will get rid of those uh, students before GCSEs so that they don't lose kind of um, ranking in the league table. So. And this, we, we should stress, this this isn't actually the, the heads quoted in the story that are saying they're going to do this. This no. is These are heads who can see the problem and obviously yeah. won't do it themselves, but but yeah. can imagine what, what, the, what the kind of pressures might be. Yeah, so some of the heads I spoke to, they were saying that, I think it was from, la- if, if someone had come to them last week and said, can you take on this pupil who, who's probably in a challenging situation, quite vulnerable, mm. um, then they could take them then which they've only got a few months till the exams and they're accountable for that person. Um, whereas I think from now, so after the census, they would no longer, if they said waited a week and didn't and took them now, then they wouldn't be accountable for them. So there's this element of being able to game it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and should people be responsible for a student that they've taken on that late in the game, you know, kind of January, year 11, that seems quite late. So and you, you're going to start thinking about it if your score is going to be ruined and you, your, your yeah, job might exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, the heads were definitely saying that they would take these kids on, but yeah. they know of schools and 
they're worried that this will continue and people will just see these few students and not give them the support they need and actually just kind of take them off the roll. So right. yeah, important story. Yeah, yeah. it is important. Quite interesting as well is that the old system they moved away from because they worried about how it could be gamed. And mm. so a lot of the profession has said progress eight, it's an improvement, it's better. But it almost shows any statistical model you come up with, there'd always be some elements that mm. could be gamed, yeah, totally, and, and yeah. no method is perfect. Or, or even, yeah, or even not if game, but perverse incentives, yeah. Exactly. And I think most people would agree that, although, again, another story that Ellie did that most parents, according to teachers, most parents don't understand Progress 8, but it is more mm. progressive, at least it, allow, it works out for some pupils. But Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think the general feeling is more people think Progress 8 is fairer. But it's just there are still these things that need to be ironed out. And so that's what the heads associations are calling for. They need to change these things to make sure that it is totally fair, if that's what they were aiming to do. Because yeah. there's, still, there's still problems with it. Okay, so moving on to a piece ahead of BET. Could you tell us a bit more about your preview to BET? Yeah, indeed. And for those who don't know, BET is coming up next week. And it's this enormous um, education technology show in London. You know, thousands of teachers will be going along to it, hundreds of exhibitors, all sorts of tech. Now ahead of that we've had um, a first look at a survey of over I think 1,300 ICT lead teachers in schools and a big finding that shocked me a bit is they think that half of the teachers in their schools need more training on e-safety to keep their kids safe from radicalisation, exploitation, drugs, all these sort of things. Oh. And that matters because, again, they're finding that kids are exposed to ICT or using ICT in classrooms about half the time they're at school. Mm. So it's not just about when they happen to be on a laptop in an ICT lesson. It could be in any subject, yeah. any lesson. So it's a real concern there. I yeah. think the other thing that came out also is that teachers need ongoing training. Because the, world, the world moves on so quickly. Mm. Terminology used by people mm -hmm. radicalising children or on drugs. And the kids will pick the new terminology up really quickly. Mm. The teachers don't have the same confidence that they can. Mm. So there's a real call here for make this train and e-safety a part of the ongoing CPD for all teachers. Mm. It's not just the terminology that's being updated, it's the technology itself. There's all kinds of new apps and new programs coming out all the time which students are very okay with. Um, but which, again, teachers might be slow to, to catch up on so they don't necessarily know what to be on the lookout for. Absolutely. Mm. And in some schools, you know, um, mobile phones are used in regularly in classes and, and tablets and those are things like you were saying. It's not just a, when you're in front of a computer, they're, they're accessing it all the time, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And, and for a lot of teachers, it, it's quite a scary thing, isn't it? You know, mm. you, I mean, their kids are more fluent in this technology than they are. So mm. they've got to just bite the bullet and schools have got to prioritise this and make this a part of everything they, they train on. I wonder if you ever can really keep up with the terminology. Mm. You know, like once, you'd, once your e-safety train has worked out, mm. it, but... It, it's going to move yeah, on almost yeah. because the teachers have learnt it, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. but yeah. still. Sure. And uh, that moves us on to our EdTech supplement this week. Can you tell us a bit more yeah, about that? Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I mean, our, um, our cover feature is actually just picking up on the uh, negative, some of the mm. negative impacts of um, uh, classroom tech. Uh, Katani has talked about what the truth is um, of EdTech and uh, she's, she's looking at um, how there is a good side to it as well. So although there are dangers and there are e-safety concerns, there's a lot of, of good work that 
technology can do in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've uh, discussed that and more as well in our uh, EdTech supplement, which we'll be um, producing and distributing at BET. Um, and we cover all kinds of different things about EdTech. We've got um, lots of different apps that teachers might find useful in the classroom. We've got um, a piece about the rise of the smartphone um, and how with bring your own device policies, uh, schools are you know encouraging the, the use of this technology in, in lessons and in schools. We've got um, Claire Lotriet, who is our um, EdTech columnist, talking about women in technology and um, the fact that the technology industry is still really male-dominated and, and what we can do about that and how that might affect um, how students interact with it. And uh, Martin, you'll be at BET next week, won't you? I will be. Uh, I think it's four days worth of, of an enormous number of seminars and technology on display and things being tested out. So I'll be writing about that for our website. I'm sure there'll be a bit of Facebook Live going out as well. So keep an eye out on the test website next week to see everything that's going on. It'll be quite exciting, I think. Fab. And what should our listeners listen out for next week um, in the magazine? S- schools need to keep a better eye on their data? Yeah, it's all about data. We're making sure that um, we know about numbers and uh, it's really important, obviously, massive part of um, uh, recording progress and making sure that you can prove that what you're doing is working. Um, how do you do that? Fab. Well, I think we'll leave that there. So uh, thank you, Will, and thank, thank you, you Martin, and thank you, Helen. And that leaves me to say thank you to you listeners and hope to catch you next week. Thank you.